all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. Take Word. Anybody come hungry and thirsty for the word? Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. Shout it out now. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to flip to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter number 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I also want to say this for those of you that are into technology and all of these things today. There is an application, whether you have an iPhone or a Google phone or even a Blackberry, you can download called the Version Bible. And in that, you can read the scriptures on your phone. Now, I'm going to know if you're texting or whether or not you're reading the words, so don't play with it now. But at the end of the day, especially if you're a person who says, Bishop, sometimes I forget to read the word. I'm trying to read the word. It built into the application is a Bible reading plan. So it'll remind you every day, today you're supposed to read Genesis, such and such through this. They even have some versions of the Bible. If you're somebody that may be reading in your thing, Amen. You know the one that always wants to read, but they probably shouldn't, and they want to read in front of everybody? Y'all not saying nothing. If reading's not your thing, it's got it to where it'll read the Bible to you. You didn't know your phone had all that, huh? You just pay $200 a month and just, just talk and text. That's all you do. Amen. So I encourage you to do that. You're more than welcome to do that in services. Amen. Just make sure you keep the thing on mute. Because anybody calling during church time ain't the Lord, because he would not interrupt the service. Acts chapter 6, verse number 1, do you have it? It says, now in those days, verse number 1, when the number of disciples or students was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Let me just break it down to you. Some people aren't getting their free lunch. Then the twelve summoned, the twelve who? Apostles summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In essence, they said, Y'all are trying to make us do what y'all are here for. Uh, I'm going to help your neighbor. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and what? Wisdom. Everybody wants to lead, but some people are too uh, stupid to lead because leadership requires wisdom. A microphone does not make you a leader. A title does not make you a leader. A suit does not make you a leader. A cross and a chain and a collar does not make you a leader. Verse 4. But we, the apostles, we're going to give ourselves to pray and to teaching you the word. And the saying, please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the what? Holy Spirit and Philip. Remember that name, Philip. Uh, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. When they had set them before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Say multiplied greatly. In Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. 
It, it says people that didn't even you didn't wouldn't even think they would believe started believing. People that you said to yourself, they ain't never coming to church. They were the sitting on the front row. One more place. Go to Acts chapter 8. Well, two more places. Go to Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter 8. Hallelujah. Acts 8, verse 5. You got it? Philip. You remember that name? Where he come from? Acts 6. He's a what? Deacon. Got it? Philip, I'm going to read it from the Amplified, the deacon, not the apostle, went down to the city of Samaria. Now watch this. He's not the bishop. He's not the elder. He's not the minister. He's the deacon. Now some churches get the role of the deacon mixed up, and the deacons think they're supposed to run the church. That ain't in the Bible. The Bible says, let us appoint them over this business, not the business. Uh Uh-huh. It says, watch this, uh, 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 he went to the city of what? Samaria and proclaimed the Christ to them. Verse 6, and great crowds of people with one accord listened to and heeded what was said by who? Philip. As they heard him and watched the miracles and wonders which he kept performing. Verse 7, for foul spirits came out of the many who were possessed by them, screaming and shouting with a loud voice. And many who were suffering from a palsy or crippled were there, and they were restored to health. Look at verse 8. And there was great Joe, where? In the whole city. One man got connected to his leader, and when he got connected to his leader, he steps in a whole nother city and gets the whole city saved. See, you're just trying to work on your little cubicle area, but I wish you could a vision for your whole city. See, Westminster can be saved from right here. Uh, you're not, okay. All right, go to Ephesians 6. He preached and got the whole city on fire. He was a deacon. Wasn't a bishop. Wasn't a high-ranking deacon either. He was not the archdeacon. He was not the proton deacon. Proton is Greek for meaning first. No, he wasn't that. He is a regular old deacon. Oh, by the way, you know what deacon means? Servant. Look at him and say, what's up, deacon? Servant. That's all it means. We all supposed to be servants. Look at the other neighbor and say, what's up, deacon? Say, so look, you, you look real uh, uh, distinguished. Tell him, you look real as him. Look like you're going to collect off it or something or something. One more place, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, verse number 7. You got it? Uh, I'm going to look at this from the Amplified. It says, work or serve the Lord with enthusiasm. Not, not, uh, well, just praise the Lord. Not looking like you was baptized in pickle juice. Not looking like you want to go to hell. He says, serve the Lord how? With enthusiasm. Nothing worse than a dead Christian. They kill everything around them. You say, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm blessed. Listen, man. As though you were working or serving for the Lord. Let me just go ahead and change it real quick. This is the Bishop Foreman version. Rather than trying to get noticed by me. Father, you hear me. You always hear me. In the second installation of heaven on earth, I declare I'm talking to a great people that have gotten delivered off of the bless me syndrome and are now on the heaven on earth thing which means now we're trying to be a blessing because we've already been blessed I'm speaking to heaven on earth sitting in a chair customized to make this world for us your people now only like you can do in Jesus name somebody say hallelujah High five two or three people as you take your seats at all of our campus and say, I'm possessed. Tell them, I'm possessed. I'm possessed. Be seated. Be seated. 
The entire premise of the series we're in, Heaven on Earth, is people say, get Jesus, get Jesus. You've got Jesus everywhere. you got him on your t-shirts. you got him on your watch. you got him on the little uh, rubber bracelets now. Everybody's got Jesus. Everybody's got Jesus everywhere. You can like Jesus on Facebook. You can unlike Jesus on Facebook. You can tweet about Jesus if you still use it. You can MySpace about Jesus. You're a little antiquated, though. Everybody says, get Jesus, get Jesus, get Jesus. That's not the problem. We have Jesus. We just don't know what Jesus has or when we get him, what he gives to us. So Jesus says powerful words, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom. He didn't say seek me. He said seek the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It is heaven on earth. Heaven's attributes on earth, it is God's modus operandi. Jesus is king of the kingdom that you're seeking. Now, we learned last week uh, that, that we are from where? From heaven. Jeremiah 1.5, come on, you got to get to see from last week with DVD. We learned that before your mama and your daddy met one another, however they met, whether it was match.com or they met in high school, however they connected, God says, before they ever got together, I knew you. And before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, we had a thing going on. I knew you. I was intimate with you. I was speaking to you. That's why when you worship now, you feel reconnected. How do you feel reconnected? Because the same intimacy you experienced with God before you ever got a body is the same intimacy you experienced with God when you begin to lift your hands and when you begin to open your mouth and when you begin to clap your hands. So now, then we found out we were from heaven, but then we found out last week that heaven was in us. Therefore, we are, come on, heaven on earth. Now, you got to get the CD. I can't reteach the whole thing. Look at your neighbor and say, you are heaven on earth. Which means this. When you're born again, your citizenship is transferred to heaven, and you get a new job. What did we call that job last week? The what? The high calling. Are you still with me? We talked last week about the fact that you pursue the high calling through understanding what you don't work at your job, but you've been sent there on assignment. Say, I'm on assignment. Because the high calling is when you use your life to be heaven on earth for others, and you don't focus on carnal or earthly things, but you focus on reaching as many people as you can for Christ. And so, uh, let me review this last point from last week. We, we said that there were seven societal spheres or kingdoms that you're already working in, and you're sent there to make them his. Got it? What are they? Arson entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, spirituality, or the church. You're already in one of those. Got it? So you're already there. Here's the question, though. Are you doing what you were sent there for? Because your neighbor goes to their job, and they think it's so they can get some money. And that's why they hate it, because they've made it their source. You've been sent to your job on assignment. Say assignment. Think of yourself as a special military operative that has been dispatched from the president of the entire universe to go into a place to handle a specific job. Are you still here? So, so you've been sent there, but are you doing what you were sent there for? Here's my question. What kind of Christianity are you selling? Because whether you know it or not, that's what you're doing. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing advertisement for the kingdom of God. And some of you look like Pepsi, and some of you look like the cheap cola that you find in Kroger. Question is, which one do you want to be? Touch the neighbor and say, which one do you want to be? Now, I need to repent before the church publicly because I said Pepsi. And y'all know we are a non-Pepsi church. We are a Coca-Cola church. Don't you come in here with no Pepsi. I'll rebuke and bind the devil out of you. God don't like Pepsi. Bishop, how do you know that? Because he made Coke first. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you, you need to read your Bible. It's in there. No Pepsi. Gross. <laughs> Look at them and say, what kind of Christianity are you selling? See, see, are, are you a negative dealer or are you a hope dealer? What, what, what are you dealing? Because you're dealing something whether you know it or not. Watch this, watch this, watch this. 
There are four men. Say four men. The four men I want to talk about because the scripture said, we looked at it in Ephesians, it said, when you're serving the Lord, do it how? With enthusiasm. When you're at your job, are you, are, are you doing it with enthusiasm? Or are you doing it with the mentality of, I didn't come here to work? Because, see, you're selling something to your boss. And you wonder why they won't come to you when you invite them to church because they look at what you're selling. And they're trying to get a warm, or not a warm, but a cold, frosty Coca-Cola. And here you are giving them Sierra Mist. Gross. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave the drinks alone. because I mean, Don't send me no emails, I'm telling you. Don't. You're going to start a war you can't win. Say so four men. They were enthusiastic about serving God. We already read about Philip. Philip, after they made him a deacon. Now, they didn't make him one uh, b- 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 to, to start being a servant. They, he was already a servant, so they made him one. But most people wait until they're publicly made something before they do what it is that they're supposed to do. See, I didn't become a bishop uh, to be a bishop. I was a bishop, and then they made me a bishop. You're not understanding what I'm saying. Because he was already serving, they, they made him a deacon. And when they made him a deacon, the Bible says they laid hands on him and he was full of the Holy Spirit and he had wisdom. And a couple of chapters later, he decides we need to go win Samaria. So he goes down to the city and one man with no sound uh, system, with no tech arch team, with no videos, with no words on the screen, with no fancy suit, with no fancy taking over harvest ring. He goes down to the city and he preaches the gospel to the city and the whole city gets saved. Bible says they were filled with joy. Well, Bishop, how do you know they got saved? Because, because the Bible didn't say they all got saved, but it said they were all filled with joy. Well, the scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength, which means I can't have joy unless I got God. So I know they all got saved because they had joy. You can't just read the Bible, man. You got to read the Bible. Philip was what? Enthusiastic. He didn't sit there and complain. Well, if I had this and I had this and I had this, I'd go. I promise you, I'd go. I'd really just be on fire for Jesus, brother, if I could just get what I need. He didn't wait until he had some lofty position in the church. He didn't, he didn't wait until he had a TV program. He didn't, he didn't wait until the, the, the apostles made him something greater than what he was, which was a servant. He didn't wait until that. He was enthusiastic right where he was because he knew he was selling something. I told you we are going to talk about how many men? Four. Let's talk about the second man, Jeremiah. Flip over to Jeremiah chapter 20 because I want you to read this. It blew my mind when I read it. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 8. 8 through 11, Jeremiah chapter 20. We're talking about how many men? Four men. Philip, Philip, Philip was, was enthusiastic. Let's talk about Jeremiah. You, you know the, the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, God says to him, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. We were intimate. We talked. We had relationship. We sat out all night on the phone. Me and you, Jeremiah, we were talking. You, you knew me. You wanted to serve me. You wanted to, to please me. And now you got down there in your earth suit, Jeremiah, and now you want to act like you don't know me. So now you want to act brand new, Jeremiah. Now, now you want to act like Jeremiah, like we didn't already talk about this up in heaven, that I was going to send you here to be a prophet. See, Jeremiah, you knew when I put you in that earth suit on earth, you, you knew I sent you there to say some stuff that wasn't going to be popular. Jeremiah, you knew I sent you there to say some stuff that some folk was going to be upset about. See, why is it? See, you need to know who you are. Can I tell you who you are for a moment? Listen, I need to get graphic. That's why we got King's Kids. So I need to get just graphic for just a moment. When, 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 when the process started to get you here. Okay, come on now. Don't be that slow. Watch this. There was a million other seeds that were trying to get to that egg. And if one of those seeds got to that egg before you, your hopes were over. See, I need you to understand who you are. Before you even got in the earth, you beat a million. Your neighbor is riding the show bus. I need you to come on with me on the big one. Before you ever got here, you beat a million. So why are you tripping over little Sally Sue and little this and that and a little money problems? Before you got here, you beat a million. 
have your neighbor say, I know who I am. I, I had to be here. I, I couldn't have been aborted. I, I couldn't have died in that accident. I had to be here for such a time as this. So, so, so Jeremiah is born for such a time as the time he's born in. And, and when he's born, he gets scared because he says, Lord, I got to tell them some unpopular stuff. He says, Lord, all the rest of the prophets are telling them, yeah, turn around three days, they're coming out, shouting this next shout's going to not fix your marriage, and, 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 you know, jump on the devil's head, and, and just holler, and this next holler's going to bring you a dollar. And <laughs> Jeremiah said, but God, I can't preach that. I got to preach the kingdom. And the kingdom says, I got some personal responsibility for my life. My life is not left up to chance. It's a matter of choice. So Jeremiah says, I got to preach what's in me. I got to preach heaven. What is heaven on earth? It's the kingdom. But look at, look at verse 8, Jeremiah 28. You got it? Look what he says. Lord, whenever I speak, I got to crown and complain. I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has come, has become to me a reproach and a derision and has brought me insult all day long. See, see, it doesn't cost you nothing to witness to people today. For Jeremiah, though, everybody knew who he was. And when they saw him coming, they talked about him. They threw rocks at him. They made up scandal about him. All kind of stuff was going on with Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, God, me saying what you told me to say is causing my life to be a living hell. Can we be honest in the Heaven on Earth series for just a little? Because isn't it sometimes easier to do the evil thing? Isn't it sometimes easier to do the wrong thing? Y'all ain't saying nothing. I know it's easier to cut somebody out when they done done you wrong. But God says, hold your peace. Don't you say nothing. You want to get that razor and let the old you come out and say, what? It's easier when somebody stabbed you in the back to grab that knife and say, take this. It's easy to do that. But when you understand you're heaven on, I can't do that. I want to call the folks on you. And that's not to say sometimes you shouldn't, depending on the severity of the situation. The message taught today is not designed to give you legal or physical advice. Consult your physician or legal counsel. Somebody, I need to call the police on folk. They show up. Hey! They here. Mm -hmm. Need to get the plates. Get the description. You talking about, I ain't said nothing. I don't want them to get in trouble. That's why they keep doing it to you. All right. All right. All right. That's for somebody. Number nine, look at this. If I say I will not, watch this. Jeremiah is thinking to himself, God, I've been enthusiastic for you. But as I've been enthusiastic, I'm going through some hell. So he says, listen. He says, so I've been thinking about not mentioning your name anymore. He, he says, I've been thinking about just going to work and just shutting up. He, he said, I've been thinking about going around my family and just not saying nothing to them. He, he said, I, I've been thinking about just being quiet and just being a nice little Christian that just comes to church, pays my tithes, and goes home. That's what he says. In my mind and heart, it is as if there was a fire shut up in my bones. And I am weary of enduring and holding it in. I can't contain it any longer. He says, God, I thought about not serving you anymore. He said, God, I thought about not preaching your word anymore. He says, God, I thought about not paying my tithes no more. He said, God, I thought about not coming to service anymore. I just was going to watch on the internet campus. He said, God, I, I thought about all these things. But when I wanted to quit, it was like a fire that was shut up in my and even though I had lots of reasons to throw in the top, I look at my opposition and I say, that's the best you. You must not know about me. You must not. Got a lot of reason to be angry. Got a lot of reason to be mad. But I can't because it's like, I dare you to have to have somebody and say it's like fire, fire. 
pissed off. But it's like fire. Some of y'all trying to figure, did Bishop say that? You should have been there six months ago. I said some other stuff. Verse 10, for I've heard many people whispering and defaming me. He said there's terror on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. Say all of my familiar friends, they, they who watch for my fall, perhaps he will be persuaded and deceive. I'm reading somebody's mouth. Then we will prevail against him and we will get our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty and terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors, they will stumble and they will not overcome me. They will be utterly put to shame for they will not deal wisely or prosper in their schemes. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. Jeremiah had a reason to lose his enthusiasm. But he didn't. He said, because when I wanted to, it was like, y'all need to come on here he said, when I wanted to, it was like, fire. That ain't how you say fire. Some of y'all remember when you used to go to a club. You... <laughs> you know how you used to say fire when you was at the club? Don't you sit up in this church and act all sanctimonious. You ain't no... Say it. We're going to work on notes. Y'all got to match my note. Fire. Y'all can fire. That's the wrong note now. Got to come on my note. Just your neighbor say, stay with your leader now. Stay with your leader. Stay with me now. How many men we talking about? That's the second, the third man, the third man, the third man. His name was Stephen. Stephen was, was one of those deacons. Flip over to Acts 6 real quick. Y'all all right? S Stephen was, was one of those deacons. I want you to see what Stephen did. Remember, these four men served God with enthusiasm. And they had lots of reasons not to. But they didn't. Can, can, I, can I talk real raw like I would on a Wednesday? But they didn't punk out. I, I'm not saying, there's, there's no other meaning to that word except what I mean. It's a, they, they didn't get scared. Let me say for, for those of you from the country that's visiting with us, they didn't get scared. You know, y'all don't put A's and R's like they're supposed to be. It's a U-R-R. -R, scared. <laughs> you, you got this? Act 6, look at verse 8. You got it? And Stephen, full of what? Faith and what? Power did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from uh, Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. Watch this. There were people that were trying to come against him. But look at verse 10. But they weren't able to resist him because of the wisdom and by the spirit which he spoke. See, I'm so convinced that I'm heaven on earth, I know eventually you won't be able to resist what I got to say. So you can sit up and dispute with me all day long and do whatever you want to do, but eventually you won't be able to resist me. I'm irresistible. Why? Because I'm heaven on Some of you, you went in to apply for things and they did resist you. That's because you didn't realize you were irresistible. You're going to have to comply. You don't have to do it today, but you better understand you will comply. Bible says they couldn't resist him. I love the use of the word resist. We don't want to listen, Stephen, but you, you know how somebody tries to say, listen to this song, listen to this song, and then you first you're like, this stinks. Then all of a sudden you Okay. Alright. Alright, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Stephen served God with shout it out. Enthusiasm. 
So much so that when he was talking to people, they couldn't resist him. Now, let me be clear here, because Denver people will take that to another further. Fellas, that's not to say. You, you step to a, a woman inappropriately. Baby, you ain't going to be able to resist me. I just need to tell you. Ladies, don't be talking about. Come on, say amen for getting your stuff. All right. See, if you just say amen, I'll leave it alone. When y'all sit there looking like that, I got to keep working it. How many men we're talking about? Stephen's the third, last man. You know him. He's got a real familiar name. Flip over to Luke 4. You know him. He's a popular guy. He's kind of the whole reason we're here. His name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Now, while he is the anthropos, the God man, so much God you can't believe he's man, so much man you can't believe he's God. He is 100% divine, yet 100% just like you and I. He, he, on one moment, while he rests in the third heaven uh, at the same moment he deals with us in the first heaven this earth uh while one moment while he's making decisions about the future of the universe at the same moment he's trying to figure out do i want to have this fish sandwich with the rest of them or do i want them to run and get me something down from the store you're not hearing what i'm saying at, at, at one moment while he's dealing with the fate of the angels and the fate of everything that is and is to be at the same moment he's trying to figure out do i want to lay on my side or do i want to lay on my back because if i lay on my stomach I'm not saying nothing. He, he's 100% divine, yet he's 100% human. So the same issues you and I deal with, he had to deal with. He's trying to figure out whether or not he's dealing with acne or whether or not he's got folliculitis or rosacea. So they didn't have, uh, what's that stuff? Proactive back then. So he's trying to figure out, should I heal myself? I wonder if when Jesus was a little boy, see, he's 100% God, he's 100% man. I wonder when little Susie had a crush on him, what did he say to her? Like, I wonder, did he say to her, when hell freezes over? Only thing was, he had the power to make hell freeze over. So, I, I wonder how he was. I, I, I wonder, I, I, I wonder, I, I wonder when Joseph tried to say, hey, uh, come on in here, Jesus, and clean your room. I wonder if he said to him, like, some person, listen, man, you ain't my real daddy, no how. Now, don't make me call him. I wonder how he was. I, 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 wonder, I, wonder, I wonder how he was. 100% God. 100% just like you and I. He got sick. He, he, he had to take Mucinex. <laughs> you know, the Mediterranean climate, it goes up and down. He was traveling on the water, you know. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if, he, if he got motion sickness from all the boats he was on. He said, Bishop, no, he's God, but, but yet he's man. But so what are you trying to prove? That he had good reason to not be enthusiastic either. Think of it. I'm here to save you and you sitting here cussing me out. I'm here to save you and you're ripping my beard out. I'm, I'm here to save you and you're putting a crown of thorns on my head. Isn't it interesting that many times the very ones you're trying to save are the very ones that are trying to put you up on a cross. It says, I wonder how he was. Luke 4, verse 17, you got it? And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, those who are at liberty, those who are oppressed. To proclaim the what? Acceptable year of the Lord. He had good reason not to be enthusiastic. But he did it, watch this, to his death. For those of you that perhaps think everything Mel Gibson said he did in the movie, you perhaps you think, well, he didn't have to feel that because he was God. He could have just warped out of his body like he was on Star Trek and he didn't have to feel it. No, he felt it. And when he felt it, he did it with you on his mind. The Bible says he was enthusiastic even unto death. So much so that when he was on that cross, he could have cussed them out. He could have sent them to hell. He could have opened up the earth. He could have did a lot of things. But you know what he said? Father, forgive them. 
if you're not going to steal my enthusiasm while you got me on this course, watch me still be happy about He was enthusiastic. So, so we talked about how many men? Four men. They all served God how? With enthusiasm. So, so Bishop, what were they committed to? Because it takes a lot of commitment to be enthusiastic when you have reason not to be. They were enthusiastic about two things. The first thing, they were committed to winning souls. For you and I, that's people becoming Christians. Let me ask you this question. Who's saved because of you? Most saints, not you, but the neighbor you sat to a couple Sundays ago, they're selfish. Bishop, how do you know? Because when the altar calls happen, they're thinking to themselves, I wish this part would hurry up and go. I'm already saved. People that realize they're heaven on earth, they can't wait to the altar call because they want to see how many people today are going to give their life to Jesus Christ. The second thing they were committed to, the second thing, second thing they were committed to is they were getting people in their church. For Jeremiah, uh, he was literally preaching through the church. He was a prophet. But for Stephen and for Philip, they were, they were deacons in the church. They were getting people to be a part of their church. What was the name of the church? The church. They were committed to getting people to join the church and be involved in the church. Let me ask you a question. Who's at Harvest because of you? At all of our campuses, who's here because of you? Or do you sit up and do like they did in Acts chapter 6? Go on, Bishop, preach. Get these people saved. Woo, preach that word. Mitsubishi, Android, and iPhone. The apostles got offended, said, don't you, I dare you. You do it. Look at the number, say, you do it. What's what, 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 this? What, what's this? They knew that they were heaven on earth, so they weren't waiting on God to do the work. They knew they were sent there by God to do the work. My, my question, though, is what would cause these men to do such things which would have cost them their lives, which cost them their families, which cost them their jobs, which cost them their perceived earthly success? Can I tell you what it was? They were possessed. They, they, they were possessed. Now, 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 when I say the word possessed, most people, you, you, you go to exorcist, what was it, 78, when she's spinning her head and all this, and they think that's possession. Possession typically has a negative connotation, but that's only for the average individual that has not done the due diligence to find the totality of the meaning of the word. Words are very important because, see, words mean everything. Words are how we communicate, so words mean everything. You can't say you love somebody and you're really trying to say, listen, I just lust you because love and lust don't have the same meaning. See, real love means sometimes I don't want you. But first Corinthians say, I got to be patient with you. Lust means a strong, aver a strong desire for. So you got to know what you mean. Say that. You got to know what you mean. So, so possession typically has a, a negative connotation, but it, but it doesn't mean that. It means this. It means spurred or moved by a strong feeling. Watch this. Madness or supernatural power. So, so Bishop, they're possessed. Th these men are what? Possess. They're not spinning heads. They're not spewing vomit. They're not climbing walls. They're not breaking their back, backs back and grabbing their ankles. And that. No. Bishop, what are they possessed with? I already told you. Say it. Enthusiasm. Now, some of you think, Bishop, this is a real simple lesson. Come on, then let, then, then let me take you over here to the deep water with me. Watch this. Enthusiasm, according to Webster, watch this. You didn't even know it meant this. You thought it just meant excited. Because I'm going to help you understand something. Watch well, well, this. Enthusiasm is a spiritual word. It's a biblical word. It's a kingdom word. But Bishop, what do you mean? The first definition, according to Webster, of enthusiasm is a revelation of the Holy Ghost. That's what enthusiasm means. It means a revelation of God. Which means everything that I'm doing that I'm excited about that God isn't in. I'm not enthusiastic about it. I'm crazy. Because enthusiasm is a God kind of word. Second definition. It means religious fanaticism. Strong excitement or feeling inspiring zeal or fervor. Can I take it another further? 
uh, it goes on to say it means absorbing or controlling possession of the mind. It means an occupation, activity, or pursuit in which deep interest is shown. Can I take it another further? It means various forms of extreme religious devotion, usually associated with intense emotionalism and a break with orthodoxy. Orthodoxy means the same routine, the, the, the same way. See, see when, you're, when you're enthusiastic about God, every day is not the same. When I'm enthusiastic about God, I'm saying, God, today's going to be a great day. How do I know? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And so whatever gets thrown my way, I'm going to be enthusiastic about it. Why? Because I know you made it. And if you put it in my day, I can handle it. Why, sis, though? Can we take it another further? The origin of the word, it's a word that comes, uh, it's from late Latin. You don't have to try to write this down. Just listen to this part. From the late Latin word, enthusiasmus, Greek, enthusiasmos, equivalent to enthusi. You know what that means? Possession by God. Let, let me, because your neighbor's still trying to figure out all them words. Let me just make it real simple. Enthusiasm, by definition, means I am possessed by God. Okay, let's connect the dots. Before I got here, I was with God in heaven. God decided I needed to be born at such and such time for such and such reason to do such and such thing. So he causes a man and a woman, whoever they were, wherever he had to find them. So you would have got here regardless if you were born in Africa, wherever God wanted you to be born here. That's why he set the people up there. You trying to figure out, God, why was I born over there in Kansas City? Why was I born in St. Louis? Why was I born in Miami? Because God said, that's why I need you to be because there's some stuff you got to learn there. So he decided, I'm going to have this woman and this man meet, and I'm going to put you in there. But remember, before I put you in there, me and you, we got to understand it. Now, when you get there, you're going to fulfill your assignment. Your assignment is to be what? Heaven on earth. Why? Because I put eternity in your heart. Luke 17, 21, I put the kingdom of God within you. So when you get there, you're going to go through some stuff, and for a little while, you're going to have amnesia. For a little while, you, you're going to forget about me, and you're going to go through some stuff. But, but I'm going to bring you back to me later on in your life. You may come back to me because you get shot. You may come back to me because you go through a rough relationship. But somehow, you're going to come back to me. And when you come back to me, I'm going to take you back to where we were when we first got started. Where did we first get started? When I sent you down to earth to be heaven or earth. And when I bring you back to me, you better be enthusiastic about it. How dare you shut up and sit there with your sanctimonious stuff like you've been saved all your little life. If it wasn't for God bringing you back to him, you'd be dead and gone sleeping in your grave. So, I'm almost through. So God says, now when, when I find you again, because you didn't choose me. I chose you. Don't think that highly of yourself. Like you got it like that. You thought, oh, I made a decision to serve Jesus. You alive. He chose you. How about somebody say, he chose you. He chose you. No, no, no. Watch this. He says, now, when this whole thing happens, there's going to be some stuff that's going to try to steal your enthusiasm. Watch this. Your possession by me. Because remember, enthusiasm means to be possessed by God. Come on, y'all be a good class now. God says, there's going to be some bills that's going to come up. And those bills are going to try to possess you. Your neighbor didn't hear me. There's going to be some, some drama that's going to come up in your life. And that drama's going to kind of possess you. There's going to be some misunderstandings you have with some people. And those misunderstandings are going to try to possess you. You're going to have some family drama to go on when you want to shoot your wife and knock them kids on the floor. But oh, you better not sit up here and look like that with me. I mean, shoot it with the word. Oh, Jesus. I'm not endorsing by any means any violence. Ladies, men getting violent with you, call the church. You called a sheriff, didn't call me. I promise you, I beat the sheriff. No, we don't tolerate that around here. You want to hit somebody, hit me, partner. 
away the Bible. God has called us to be enthusiastic about two things and two things only. You ready? Number one, I already told you, winning souls. Who's saved because of you? Number two, getting people in your church. Who's at harvest because of you? You know what gets me about people? Bishop, I love this church. Bishop, I've learned more in three services than I've learned in 35 years. You're a liar if you ain't told nobody about it. No, 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 no. You, let me tell you what we call you in the country. A lie. You're a lie. At all of our campuses, that's, we're going to start a dictionary called a Harvest Dictionary. Only going to have about 15 words in it. <laughs> that's one of them. Listen, listen, I, I love restaurants. Thank you, Jesus. I, I love to eat. E eating, I believe, is God ordained. See, some of y'all work out. I eat. Some of y'all go running. I eat. Some of y'all go hiking. I eat. Some of you go hunting. I eat. What you want? I'm just telling you. I'm not doing that with you. Uh, you know. So, you got it? Okay. Some of you cook. I eat. And I eat everywhere all the time. It's not a place where they don't know me. Uh, this bishop. Okay, yes, sir. <laughs> we got your table back over there. You want to know I'm going to give my usual. Okay, cool. A lot of times I go in the place, my stuff I already made. They already know. And they already know who to serve me because they already know I'm not from that rude one. I, I'm going to give a tip. Yeah. Trust God with all your heart and lead not to your own understanding. <laughs> Y'all stay with me. I'm about through. If y'all will help me preach it, I'll finish this thing. Uh, no, I'm just joking. I'm a good tipper. Amen. Okay, so now, uh, I'm, I'm messing. Watch this. When I go to a good restaurant, I tell every pastor I know. And then I don't just tell them. I go get them. Hey, man, meet me over here. It says, it says, it says, it says, you finna have me. This finna change your life. Why? Because I'm passionate about a good meal. Because a good meal can change your attitude. See, <laughs> so if you got a stink attitude, you ain't eating right. If you mean and nasty, everybody needs to change your diet. Come up over the rabbit food and eating uh, carrots and raisins and all the kind of thing. You go get you some meat and some bread and some butter. And you change your life. Change your life. That's what some people mean because they don't eat right. I'm trying to fit in this dress. Get you some five-hour energies and do whatever you got to do. But eat well. <laughs> now, okay. All right. Now, stay with me here. Follow my point. When I'm passionate about something, I tell everybody I know about it. When I, when I find a place, when I find a place, people, people often say, Bishop, uh, you know, I like your shoes. And I say, well, I, you know I didn't find them in Denver. And, but I'll tell them, hey, here's who, who you call. There ain't no special bishop clothing place. You can call them too and get your own. But now tell them I sent you because they're going to give you my kind of deal. No, 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 no. Watch this. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Bishop, what is the point you're trying to prove? When I really like something, I tell people about it. So don't come up in here talking about, oh, I love my church. He kind of. Who you told about it? I love my bishop. Who you told about it? It's funny to me, you're tweeting Facebook about everything else but about this. My left pinky toe hurts today. But you didn't use them 20 friends you got on your Facebook page to, to preach the gospel to them. You ain't got to say nothing because I know I'm in your Kool-Aid. All right, watch this. I got to give you five things about enthusiasm. You ready? Five things I got to give you real quick. Y'all still here? Number one, a lack of enthusiasm will cause you to serve your enemies. Go to Deuteronomy 28, 47. Put it up on the screen real quick. Write it down. Deuteronomy 28, 47 through 48. A lack of enthusiasm will cause you to serve your enemies. Well, now remember, enthusiasm is what? Possession by God. Got it? Which means what? There's two things that are really important to God. People getting saved, people getting active and involved in the church. Those things are very important to him. How do I know? That's what the whole Bible is about. 
Got it? Look at this. Deuteronomy 28, 47. Because thou serves not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, Amplified says with enthusiasm, and with the gladness of your heart for the abundance of all things. Keep going. Therefore, watch what the Bible says. You shall serve your enemies, Amen. which the Lord will send against you. And look what he says. Here's how you know whether or not you're enthusiastic or not. He says, you're going to be hungry, and you're going to be in thirst, and you're going to be naked, and you're going to be in want of all things. And you shall put a yoke of iron on your neck until you have destroyed yourself. These things are really important because, because God says, if you're not winning people to me, and if you're not getting people actively involved in your church, God says, you're not enthusiastic. And if you're not enthusiastic, God says, I got a way. I'll let you serve the very thing you despise. Second thing about enthusiasm I got to give you. Y'all still with me? Our lives should provoke people to want what we have. When they see you, they should want to go to this church. When they see you, they should want to give like you give. When they see you, they should want to serve like you serve. Second Corinthians 9 2. Real quick. Second Corinthians 9 2. Hallelujah. Me talking about food got me off of time a little bit. Thank the Lord Jesus. Look at it. Look at it. I'm going to read it from Amplified. It's showing on the screen in King James. For I am well acquainted with your willingness, your readiness, and your eagerness to promote it. And I have probably told you about most of the people in Macedonia saying that Acacia has prepared since the last year for this contribution. And your enthusiasm has stimulated the majority of them. King James says, your zeal has provoked very many. People should look at you and be provoked to want what you have. They should look at your marriage and say, I want that. They should look at how you give and say, I want that. They, they should look at everything about you and say, I want that. That's evidence of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm means I'm possessed by God. Third thing, third thing. Second Corinthians 8, 7. Your enthusiasm about those two things tests your love for God. Your enthusiasm about those two things tests your love for God. 2 Corinthians 8 and 7. You got it? It's on the screen in King James. I'm going to read it and amplify Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you but testing the genuineness, the genuineness of your love by the enthusiasm of others. He, 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 He's saying, here he's dealing with them giving and these kind of things, but, the, but the, the lessons are apropos. He's saying that your enthusiasm about what two things? Winning souls to Christ and getting people involved in your church, those two things. He says, your enthusiasm about that tests whether or not you love me. Did you get that? A lot of people say, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. No, you like him a lot. Because if you love him, you'll do what's important to him. Jesus goes so far to say, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, he would say, you love me, do what I say. Now try that on for size. Somebody say, you love me, baby, I love you. Good, then do what I said. <laughs> number four, number four, number four. Proverbs 19, two, flip there. Enthusiasm. Be hungry to grow spiritually, not just to be radical. A lot of times I see people that just, they will be radical sometimes, uh, but, but there's, no, there's, 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 there's no growth behind the radicalism. People are radical at, 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 a, at, at a rock concert, but there's no knowledge there. God's not saying, oh, man, thank you. What a blessing. Look, look at Proverbs 19.2. Enthusiasm. Uh, King James says that I'm going to read and amplify. Without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. So when I'm enthusiastic, I have to say, Lord, I want to grow along with being radical. I just want to come, flip the chairs over, throw the chairs around, tear the church up, and leave. And somebody say, but what did I talk about at church? Man, it was just awesome. What did he say? God is good. You talk to friends like that. They go to church and say, oh, good church. The service was good. Well, what did he preach about? I don't know, but we shouted for 30 minutes. That ain't church. 
That's dancing. And what it's really called is a distraction because he ain't got nothing relevant to say. Okay, the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, fifth thing. Fifth thing. Your neighbor missed it. Fifth thing. Fifth thing. Be your brother's keeper. I like movies. Y'all know I like movies. So some of y'all, me saying that, you know I'm going with it. Nino Brown says <laughs> to the rest of the CMB, he, he says, am I my brother's keeper? And they start shouting, yes, I am. And Keisha Nim and all that. And it's a New Jack City, y'all. New Jack City. New Jack City. Before I got saved, before I got saved. They were selling crack and were so passionate about the sale of their crack that they sat up in meetings with all black with Rottweilers excited about talking selling crack. Now I need to get my point based off of a real story. Bishop, what's your point? They were committed to holding one another accountable. Bishop, what you trying to say? If you see the person sitting next to you lacking in their enthusiasm, their possession by God, evidence of it is they're passionate about two things, getting people saved, getting people in their church. You got to grab them on the arm and say, hey, you need to get it together. I know, I know in church, in modern church, we don't do that because we folk just come late and leave early. But what you're supposed to do is when you see somebody lacking in enthusiasm, you're supposed to grab them and say, hey, what, what's, what's going on? Let's get with the program. You need to pray? Good, let's pray, give them burdens to God. But when praise and worship start, there ain't the time for you to sit and watch them like you're at a concert. So if you don't like to dance, fine, then sing. You don't like to sing, move your mouth. You don't like to move your mouth, then rock your body. You don't like to rock your body, then move your head. Do something. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm your keeper. So, so when they lack an enthusiasm, you pick them up. But guess what? There's going to be a day you might like it too. So you're going to have to let them pick you up. And you can't get offended with people when they say, come on, man, let's get fired up. You get fired up. No, you can't do that. So the question is, Bishop, how do I lose enthusiasm? How do I keep my enthusiasm? I'm not even going to leave a cliffhanger. I'm going to tell you this week. I was setting it up, though. People lose enthusiasm because of the way they see God. Bishop, what do you mean? If you are losing enthusiasm about those two things, which are important to God, it's because you don't view him as king of kings. You view him as Mary's baby. How do you view him? Because how you view him determines how you'll be enthusiastic about him. Do you view him as a king of kings and lord of the lords and the alpha and the omega? Or do you view him as your sugar daddy who you call on when you reach a rough spot? Are you like Kim and do you look at him like Big Papa? <laughs> Gotta be relevant in the 21st society. Or do you view him as the God of my Monday, the God of my Tuesday, God of my Wednesday, God of my Thursday, God of my Friday, God of my Saturday, I'm here on Sunday. Do you, do you view him that way? Because if you don't, you will lose enthusiasm about him. And you'll start treating him like he's some regular somebody. When you lose and feel like you're losing enthusiasm, you need to remind yourself about the price he paid. You, you need to remind yourself of how he walked up that mountain, beaten beyond recognition as a man because of you. Think about that. Who else has done something like that for you? You got more loyalty to folk that don't care nothing about you than you do. How do you view him? Everybody stand at all of our campuses. 
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.